Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Mistress Mia's Dungeon. I'm your hostess, Mistress Mia, and this is Mistress Mia's Bedtime Stories. Today, I read you Freedom Island by Super Roberto. This story can be found on utopiastories.com. Chapter 1 If asked, I would have had a hard time explaining why I did it. After college, I had endured a series of mind-boggling, boring jobs. Finally, when I was 27, I couldn't take it anymore. I needed a change. After two years at a mid-sized startup, I had felt I'd found my place. With several promotions and a lot of recognition from the owner, I finally felt good about my future. However, out of nowhere, the company was sold, and I was deemed a redundancy and sent packing. As I scrolled through the wanted ads on my computer, I realized I couldn't bring myself to start over again. This is when the computer surfing started. To say I loved women was a vast understatement. I was infatuated with most every woman I met. As an only child raised by my father, I had grown up with almost no female influence at all. Women were mysterious and a bit intimidating. I'd grown up skinny and had been teased quite a bit about it, but when I hit my 20s and began to lift weights and started to really look good, things changed a bit. I became an obsessed bodybuilder. But after seven years of hardcore working out, I'd only succeeded in giving myself washboard abs and a very cut and redefined new body, but not big body. And I was still looking skinny in some of my clothes. I had done the work to attract women, but they could only really see my hard work when I was out of my clothes. When it came time to go out for the evening, I would look in the mirror frustrated and still looking thin. I also was obsessed with my penis size. Fully erect, I was 6.75 inches in length, measuring from the base of my penis. Not under the balls, but, you know, from the top. I was legitimately above average. Everything I read said that almost all men were between 5.75 and 6.25. And when they were erect, but the size varied. If it was flaccid, I worried about it. I was a grower, not a shower, as the saying went. My flaccid penis size was alarmingly small. I'd felt very inferior in gym class as a, as a kid. I, I, I just didn't know, especially when I didn't realize the science of it all. Even now, I did everything I could not to be seen naked if I wasn't erect. After sex, I would put on my underwear immediately. Despite being very good looking, I was shy and awkward around women and Sex was twice a year, maybe. About a year prior, I'd begun reading sex stories on the internet. It was sporadic at first, but then it became an obsession. I'd read a story about a man who had been captured and enslaved by a woman. I couldn't believe how turned on it made me. It was a completely new level of arousal. I literally went into a different level of consciousness when I dreamed of becoming a slave to a woman. It was utterly humiliating and explosively arousing at the same time. 
The stories evolved into chat rooms on the very day I had downsized. I stayed up all night chatting with people who I hoped were women. From that moment until I experienced the most fateful day of my life, I barely left my apartment. As days went into weeks, I knew that my meager savings was dwindling, and I didn't have much time until I would be penniless. But I couldn't bring myself to look for another job. Borrowing from my father was out. He was in assisted living, and every dime my dad would have barely was enough to pay the huge expenses. So, yet, in spite of my impending doom, I did nothing but read stories on the internet and hang out in chat rooms. About a week before my rent was due, a payment I no longer could pay, I talked to one of the regulars in the chat room. She'd been really friendly to me, and I had chatted with her a couple times, you know, a couple times a week for the last month. She typed, I want to send you a link, but I need your IP address for it to work. Without a thought, I sent it. My obsession with dominant women was all I cared about anymore. She sent me a strange web address, and when I clicked on it, two boxes appeared on the screen. In the box, type one, two, three, and some letters, she typed. In the second box was more numbers, and a new chat room opened, and almost immediately she was there typing. You made it! What is this? I responded. She said, you're on the dark web. What I want to ask you can't be written on the public web. You're now in a very secret website for slave owners and slaves. Oh, wow, I responded. Not only did I feel an intense arousal, but an excited fear came over me. This was becoming addictive. Even the words dark web sent a shiver of fear through me. Have you ever considered being a real slave? She asked. It was a life-altering question. Up to this point, I had dreams about serving a dominant woman and becoming her slave, but in my mind, it had been voluntary. Sure, I had thoughts of more intense and non-consensual scenarios, but that was only fantasy. After all, it was 2017 and slavery was reserved only for poor women from Eastern Europe or teenagers living on the streets in the Western world. What do you mean by real? I asked. What if I told you there was an island owned by a group of masters and mistresses where slavery was legal? Wow, I typed. I felt a shiver of fear run up my cock like a ramrod, straight, made it erect. I'm a recruiter for the island, and the boys like you are exactly what we're looking for. The compliment set me over the edge, and I actually came without even touching myself. The intensity made me dizzy. Nothing had ever felt so powerful over me. Would I be a slave forever? I asked. Maybe, but probably not. The average slave serves for two years. After that, masters or mistresses generally release them, and they may return home or volunteer to be sold at auction once again. She went on to tell me that if I was interested... I would need to submit an online application and then submit it to a visual examination on their website's video chat. If I was accepted, I would need to give them all the passwords to my social media accounts and mail them the keys to my apartment. 
I'd be given an address to a shipyard in Los Angeles and placed aboard a boat. When I arrived, I would sign a power of attorney for whomever purchased me at the auction. I asked a lot of questions and received answers that made me feel more relaxed. Straight men could only be purchased by straight or bisexual women. It would be horrific to submit to slavery and then get purchased by a man, you know. I asked more questions about the length of servitude, and she answered honestly. It could be for the rest of your life, or it could be for six months. Honestly, I don't know. The masters and mistresses vary wildly, I can tell you with sincerity, but as I told you before, two years is the average length of servitude. But isn't that part of the thrill, sweetie? I mean, the unknown, the fact that it'll be 100% real, and your release is out of your hands? You'll have no control over your life whatsoever. It's a great adventure. And in two years, or maybe even less, you'll be back in the real world. If you want to go back, you'll probably spend two years with a heart on. (laughs) She finished. Then she went on to tell me how to contact her with my decision and suggested I ask about Freedom Island on the chat room and see what others have to say about it. So I did. There was at least 10 people who gave great reviews. They had the experience of a lifetime. It was extremely intense and real, but not for the faint of heart. The average person would go through hell there, but someone who was inclined towards it would be pleased and quite fulfilled. For the next week, Freedom Island consumed me. I thought constantly about it. How could I not? I had to do it. Voluntarily give my life up as a slave? If I knew it was for life, then I wouldn't even have considered it. But the fact that it was likely just a two-year adventure full of sexual satisfaction with the dominant woman made it almost irresistible. When I received a notice under the door that my rent was late, I contacted the woman. She told me to be at my computer at 11 p.m. and ready to follow commands. The rest of the day was nerve-wracking. I I paced around my apartment, too nervous to sit down or even eat. Not knowing what to wear, I put on a nice shirt and slacks at about 10.30, and then I tried to relax. My heart was beating so hard, I worried about having a heart attack. At 10.50, I went into the dark web and found the address she had given me. At 10.59, I typed the user and password and waited. At precisely 11 p.m., The green light on my monitor lit up, indicating that I was on camera. I looked down nervously, not sure whether to look at the camera directly or not. You're a cute-looking boy, said the strong, confident woman's voice. I was startled, but managed to say, thank you, ma'am. You are little, but but cute. (laughs) I knew my face was probably beet red. I, I hated being little. Stand up, step back, several steps, and take off your clothes so I can see your little body. I cringed at the second comment about being little. I wasn't short, but then I I thanked God that I was taking off my clothes so she could see my cut body and double thank God that my cock was rigid and long with arousal. I followed her orders and stripped down to my boxer briefs. I was proud of my tan and my cut body, and and I knew the tan made my eight-pack pop out intensely. It was impressive. My cock was straining to get out of the briefs, and it was poking head right out of the top. 
I said all of your clothes, she said curtly. I took my briefs off and my full 6.75 inches was free and exposed. I see you work out. That's excellent, she said. Yes, ma'am. Ah, good. Turn around slowly. I spun for her, which caused me even more embarrassment. It was degrading, but so arousing. Very nice. You have a cute little round butt. Very spankable. Thank you, ma'am, I said softly. Her compliment, though, caused me to go over the edge, and before I knew it, the deep, powerful heat was expanding inside of me and caused my cock to strain even harder and harder. I was gonna, I was gonna come, and there was nothing I could do about it. Helplessly, I stood in front of her and came. I tried to hold back, but my breathing and the rocking of my hips, but there was little of that in spite of myself. Did I give you permission to come? She said condescendingly. No, ma'am, I'm sorry. I looked down feeling pathetic now. She asked me at least 30 questions about my life, my finances, my family, my skills, and many other questions that I could hope to remember. But all I could think about was my shrinking cock and her seeing how small it really was. And especially now that it was flaccid. By the time she was done asking questions, it was tiny. And from my position, standing with my head bowed, it looked smaller than it usually did. I was mortified, and I could barely concentrate on what she was saying. When she was done questioning me, a document appeared on the screen. Take your time and read this, and make sure there are no errors. Some of the answers you may not change, because they are my observations, but there are some you may amend. When you're finished, hit approve on the last page, and we'll get back to you whether you have been accepted or declined within 48 hours. I said thank you, but I was pretty sure that she was gone. The form on the screen started with personal characteristics. What caught my eye almost immediately was the line, penis size. It was below average. The words jolted me. I wasn't below average. She must be basing it on the flaccid state. I tried to change the line, but it was locked. The rest of the stats were fairly flattering, at least. I mean, upper body types said it was lean and fit, defined. My facial characteristics said it was, you know, all-American, cute, good-looking. Under butt, it was, it, it said round, firm, smooth, excellent shape with no visible hair. Hmm. At the bottom, in notes, it said, potential slave had excellent sexual response to degradation and humiliation. There were many answers I could add, but not change. Finally, after about an hour, I hit submit. Now, the next 48 hours were both exciting and terrifying. I was mortified with my penis size being listed as below average. I actually hoped a video had taken of me so that the other women could see it. I was actually above average in the penis size. When my computer began to beep at 10.42 p.m., two days later, I nearly jumped two feet in the air. There was a link on my screen that said, click here to learn if you've been approved. The link took me to a page in the dark web. It just said, slave has been approved for sale. 
Then below that, there was a green box that said accept and a red box that said decline. In small typed letters, it was a warning. A decline will mean that the slave will never be considered again for ownership. At the top of the page was a countdown timer that had started at two minutes. Fuck, I said to myself. I hadn't expected to make a decision that minute. Finally, with 30 seconds left, I hit accept. Fuck it, I thought. I can always back out. A new screen appeared that said, enter social media account user and passwords. There was a blank for all of the different social media websites you can imagine. At the bottom, it said, warning, failure to provide access to all accounts will invalidate your acceptance. The countdown timer started at two minutes again. I entered the information, but waited until the last second to hit the submit button. I felt like I was heading quickly toward a point of no return. The next screen asked for all of my email accounts with a two-minute timer again, and I followed the orders quickly this time. A new screen popped up that asked for all of my banking and investment account information. I wondered for a moment if this whole thing was an elaborate hoax to steal my money. I would have the last laugh, though, because it was down to $200 in all my accounts. And this time, the countdown timer started at five minutes. I quickly found the documents and punched in the information. It didn't take long because there was just a checking account and a small retirement set up. I hit submit, and feeling like there was no point of return at this point, it had been reached. Stay at the screen appeared on my computer, and I followed the command. A boarding pass appeared on the screen five minutes later. Print this boarding pass. Your flight leaves in exactly two hours. Feeling an intense excitement that almost made me pass out, I printed the pass. A new message appeared. Mail your apartment keys to this address before your flight. This is mandatory. It was a P.O. box. I sat in front of the computer for about five minutes doing nothing. This was happening so quickly, I, I, I couldn't put my head right. I had only had a few weeks left in the apartment before they evicted me, and I had given up control of my last 200 to the people on the slave island. I didn't even know how I would pay to get to the airport. My phone chimed at exactly that second, and it was a text saying my Uber driver had arrived and that my bill was paid. I decided to take the dive and pack up as quickly as possible. I took everything of value I could find that would fit in a duffel bag and a few changes of clothes and ran out the door. The Uber driver was irritated, but still there. I arrived in plenty of time for my red-eyed flight and realized I was quite hungry. I was able to scrounge my last $4 in change and a few crumbled $1 bills. And I bought two power bars, hoping to somehow survive until I arrived. Luckily, they served drinks and snacks on the plane, and I focused on nutritious drinks and asked the flight attendants for extra snacks. I had difficulty sleeping on the flight, and I was just too nervous and excited for this adventure. The leap into the unknown was terrifying, yet the thought in my head kept my cock extremely hard the entire flight. Coming off of the airplane, I had no idea where to go, but on a queue, I got a text that directed me to a car that was waiting. I opened the door and I sat down. It looked like a police car once inside. The driver was separated from me by plexiglass and the drawers were locked on the inside. The driver didn't turn around to say anything to me. He just pulled off into traffic. 
It was more than a little spooky, but I just tried to steady my nerves and breathe. The car took us deep into what looked like a port and pulled up to a building with no sign or markings on it. The driver let me out. He was really large, a gruff man. He grunted as he opened the door to the building for me and then promptly left. The room was sparse, and in the middle sat a fifty-ish woman who smiled and without brightness in her eyes said, Welcome, Mr. Davis. We've been expecting you. Place your bag on the table. She looked through the bag and then tossed it into the large box on the other side of the room. My laptop, my tablet, my watch, extra clothes, they were all gone now. And your phone. You won't be needing that anymore. She placed the phone in the box as well. Take off all of your clothes and place them on the table, she said curtly. I hadn't expected to strip yet, so I hesitated. Now, please. We're on a time schedule. I followed her orders and stood naked with my six and three-fourths inch cock fully erect. She searched my clothes thoroughly and took my wallet. You'll get this back if you're released. The if scared me, but I was in way too deep now. She threw my clothes in a hamper in the corner. She walked behind me as she pulled a latex glove over her hand. Bend over, she commanded. I was shaking like a leaf and wondering if I, if I hadn't made the worst mistake of my life. Yet my cock strained as hard as it had ever been. I bent at the waist and grabbed my ankles, and for the first time in my life, I was given a body cavity search. It was utterly degrading, but arousing at the same time, and I was terrified that I might come on the spot. When finished, she walked back behind the desk and put some clothes on the table. These are your traveling clothes, she said. Put them on. The clothes were black and spandex. The shorts were small, hot pants that looked like something a woman might wear. And the shirt was super small as well. While I was happy to get some clothes on, it was embarrassing. I mean, the shorts molded around my ass, barely covering it. And they were super tight on my hard cock and made my erection extremely obvious. I was able to get the shirt on, but just barely. It clung to me like a second skin. There weren't any shoes or socks or underwear. And with another soulless smile, she sent me on my way. I felt my erection and prayed for it to cease, but it stayed rock hard as I opened the door. The big gruff man was waiting at the door on the other side of the building. Follow me, he said with a gravelly, deep voice. I followed him barefoot, wincing a few times when my feet touched a crack or a rock. My hands covered my erection, but the man seemed to care less about me. Then we went around a corner to a huge freight liner with a metal bridge leading to a door on the side of the boat. We walked down three flights of stairs in the dark bowels of the ship. Down a long hall, we finally came to a small door without fanfare as he opened it and simply said, This is your room. I ducked my head down, walked into a tiny room, almost tripping on a cot, only a few feet from the door, which I heard it shut with a bang behind me. The door had no knob on the inside, and it was tightly sealed. I was officially a prisoner. There was no turning back now. 
It didn't take long to examine the room. I mean, the little cot took up most of it. I estimated the room was about four or five, maybe six feet in length, maybe eight or so feet wide, six and a half feet tall. Near the foot of the cot, there was a tiny alcove that was my bathroom. There wasn't much more than a hole there. Thankfully, a roll of toilet paper was nearby. Near the bathroom was a tiny sink with running water and a basket containing apples, bananas, nuts, and bread. I breathed a sigh of relief because my store of airplane snacks was in my bag, and (laughs) I wouldn't starve, but I was hungry still. The room was cold, and I spent most of the trip huddled on the cot in the coarse blanket they had provided me. I had no way to determine the time. There was no window and no entertainment. I could tell when the boat was moving, but other than that, there was no indication of anything. The tight spandex became uncomfortable quickly, so I took it off, but soon I realized that even the meager clothing provided me some warmth, at least, and the cabin was just too damn cold. It was a shock when the cabin door opened. I estimated that the trip took around a week, but being in the little metal box of a room for that long was excruciating. I was happy to finally leave the room, but my heart skipped a beat, and I felt so nervous I didn't know if I could stand up. I was actually at Slave Island. The week had been spent with lots of masturbation. Trust me. Despite my misgivings, the idea of being enslaved was incredibly intense. The anticipation had put my imagination into overdrive. I mean, I wondered what the woman would be like who purchased me. I wondered if she would tie me down and have her way with me or or loan me to other women to, to fuck. I mean, I would sit back and think, what does this woman even look like? I hoped, at least, that they would like my cock and wouldn't think it was too small. I also prayed that I wouldn't come at the wrong time and be small and flaccid when the auction happened. That would be a nightmare. I knew I had no stamina when it came down to it. I mean, I was just aroused all the fucking time. But I also knew I could get it up again and again. My owner would be very satisfied. A man had opened the door and ordered me to step forward. I stepped into the hall and immediately noticed that he was holding a chain and attached to the chain were five men in a line with their arms behind their back. The chain was broke up by metal collars, two feet of chain, then a collar with the chain attached to a metal ring on the back of the collar and then another chain attached to a metal ring on the front of the collar. Take your clothes off and leave them in the room, he said towards the other men and myself. He was much larger and much more masculine than me. The man right behind me had a very large cock, and at that moment it was easy to feel terrified. I mean, everything was becoming real, and I suddenly felt very inadequate, like I always did at the gym. I followed his orders quickly. He was big as the men in line and had this intense look on his face. Naked, I felt even more inadequate. But I didn't have much time to contemplate it because he immediately snapped the next collar on the chain around my neck. It was cold and felt very heavy. covered my whole neck and made me keep my head up. He did something to adjust it and it became very tight and uncomfortable. He grabbed my wrists roughly, pulled them to the small of my back, and snapped a heavy pair of handcuffs on them, too. 
the cold metal was tied on my wrist and dug into my skin a bit. Immediately, he pulled on the chain, and we were forced to walk forward as a group. The terror was extremely real now. I truly felt like a slave. I was completely helpless and on display for whomever wanted to look at me. He stopped us at the next door and opened it up. Another very large man walked out. He stripped naked, revealing a large cock, and had this amazing muscular body. He must have been, I don't know, 6'5". I mean, 275 pounds. He was complete muscle. He was locked into place like the rest of us, and I was left staring at his back. Eventually, there were ten of us, and he walked us to the boat into the bright sunlight. Wherever we were, we were in a very tropical climate, and it was very hot. Of the ten men, I was the smallest, but I was a little relieved that when the next guy out of his cabin was a little bit bigger than me and had a regular cock, I didn't feel so inadequate. We walked through the big open door into a large hangar of a room. There were two extremely good-looking women standing with clipboards waiting for us. Ah, a fresh batch of boys for us, one of them said, smirking. A couple of runts, and the other one? <laughs> Grabbed my ass. But they're cute little boys. My cock grew hard instantly, and she laughed. Your chart says you're below average, but <laughs> that's an understatement. She had in a mocking tone to her voice. It's a cute little thing just like you, sweetie. I felt utterly humiliated and emasculated, and she could see me flustered. What? No one's told you that you're small? <laughs> she began to caress my cock lightly, and I knew I was in trouble. I felt the deep heat rising from my balls, and within 20 seconds, I was coming on the ground in front of me. She giggled and whispered in my ear, If you were my slave, I would be giving your cute little butt a spanking over my lap right now for coming without permission. Her voice was as hot as her body. Her tits were large, filled out her blouse nicely, and her ass looked like an aerobic instructor's. I was humiliated, but I also wanted her to buy me. It'd be a dream come true to be owned by someone that hot. As we moved forward... We were told in a very serious tone that we were able to only talk if spoken to, and then taken to another room with open stalls that looked like showers, but each one had a beautiful slave girl with a hose and a spray attachment. One by one, we were taken to a stall and thoroughly cleaned. Then we were treated with a solution that permanently killed every hair follicle on our bodies below our eyebrows. I wasn't big on body hair, but the permanence of it was disconcerting. I mean, once our body hair was gone, we were given enemas and then cleaned again. This time they placed us in a collar that was attached to a leash and then attached to the wall. And on the other side of the room, they were slave girls that said nothing. And the room was eerily silent except for the two women who were in charge. They barked orders and made sure everything was done correctly. It was a new experience to have no control over what someone did to me. The slave girls had grabbed everything, and I was unable to even protest. I, I just had to take it. As I wasn't thinking about it, if the girls were hot or not, or if they were coming on to me again. But then there was this one. How's my little boy doing? 
You look even hotter with no body hair. That ass of yours is just adorable. Now my cock was rock hard. It had literally been ten minutes since she'd made me come, but I was at full mast. Oh, your little thing is hard again, she said with a mocking concern, and she immediately began to stroke it. Once again, I found myself coming on the floor. It only took about 30 strokes of her soft little hands. She whispered in my ear again, I would like to buy you, but I have a shopping problem and I'm fully staffed right now. It's a pity, too, because there are a lot of women here who do strange things to little ones like you. I may never have another shot. She walked away, swaying her rock-hard ass, and I contemplated what she said. What did she mean, weird things? I felt very helpless and afraid now. My emotions were putting me on a roller coaster ride, and to top it all off, my cock was shriveling up. I'd come twice, in 12 minutes, and my biggest fear was happening. I looked down at it, and it looked really small again, almost like it was getting sucked back into my body. If I had the use of my hands, I could pull on it or, or do something to make it bigger. It wouldn't have looked any worse compared to what it looked right now, but my hands cuffed behind my back and the leash making me stand. I could do nothing about it. I turned towards the wall and tried to rub it against the wall to try to make it straighten it out or something. But as soon as I turned, they began to pull on my leash again. Once again, we were placed in a line with chains attached to the front and the back of our collars. The two women herded us out of the building and onto a city street. It was humiliating the way they were transporting us, butt naked and chained in a line with our hands cuffed behind our back. The unknown was terrifying me. What was the woman talking about with the strange things done to men and that she might not get another chance? I don't get it. The slave auction site was right across the street from the entry facility. But for some reason, they felt the need to lock us up for the short trip anyway. Some women who looked like owners stopped by to watch us as they smiled and started licking their lips. My cock was becoming a huge embarrassment and a worry for me at this point. It remained small and shriveled as I recovered from the two orgasms. The street was hard-packed dirt, but other than that, it looked like a relatively normal town except that there was no cars. Just about halfway across the street, we were stopped, and a carriage went past us. To my shock, two huge muscular men pulled the carriage. They had their arms bound behind their backs and horse bits in their mouth. The driver of the carriage held their reins in one hand and a whip in the other. I was shocked, and I could tell some of the men were too. We were brought up into a large flat stage. There was three rows of women, eight rows of men, and now we were already on the stage, and three and a half rows were empty. The slaves were standing. A metal rod came down from the ceiling and stopped at the back of the head of each slave where a simple bolt snapped, like ones that attached a dog leash to a collar. It was attached to a ring on the back of their collars. Anyone with use of their hands could unclasp it in one second. 
but with our wrists cuffed, we had no chance. All of the slaves were all attached with the chain to the floor, too. They were all on display and helpless to do anything about it. This is not what I had fantasized about when it was now a reality. I was more scared and embarrassed than anything. I'd never expected to be considered a small man. I was actually more average in stature, but here I was, little. The men were mostly huge and muscular, plus there was something not quite right. I'd assumed that everyone here was a volunteer, but I noticed immediately that many of the women were sobbing. The men, too, seemed to be humiliated and panicked. Maybe they just had misgivings like I had. I hadn't experienced any of this before. It was an incredible leap for this to be my very first experience. I was unlocked first and placed in the front. Then I noticed right away that all of the smaller men were there next to me. The men who weren't absurdly muscled. I felt the clip being attached to the ring on the back of my collar, and then I felt the gold metal of the long shackles, and then I felt the middle of the chain clasp to a ring on the floor with a similar bolt snap. Might as well have been locked with a deadbolt, because I had no way to slide it open. The leg shackle chain was too short, and maybe it was even 18 inches, but when it was attached to the floor, it brought my feet even closer together. The metal felt tighter than it needed around my ankles, adding further to my discomfort. There's no way to describe the feeling I felt at that moment to someone who has not ever experienced this. I was locked into a place, and I naturally tested my bonds, but there was hardly any ability to move at all. I couldn't even look down to see the leg shackles of my flaccid cock, which felt like it had become a nub completely spent from the two orgasms. My worst nightmare was coming true. Suddenly, out of the corner of my eye, I saw a commotion. One of the bigger men had tried to run when he was released from the chain. Almost immediately, he had been hit with what looked like a cattle prod. He fell to the floor and withered around in agony. Tisk tisk, You poor little moron. Why would you think that you could escape? She was the woman who had given me the hand job. There's always one disobedient slave who acts out. We hope for it, actually, so we can show all of the new slaves what happened when a slave is disobedient. She grabbed him by his ear and made him stand up. Holding his ear firmly, she led him to the front of the room. He looked ridiculous, bent over and stumbling along with her hand on his ear. And at the front of the platform was a small stage, and he was brought up to the top. You are all slaves now. Soon you will have an owner. You no longer have any control of your own life. A piece of property to be used and abused however your owner sees fit. Your very life is in the hands of your new owner. This boy tried to run, so he won't be sold at auction today. He is now the property of the city. He will be placed into pony bondage and used as a cart horse for the city maintenance crew. Large men appeared and began to outfit the frantic man. He will no longer have the use of his arms because horses don't have arms. His arms were pulled way back and locked into sleeves that made him look armless. He will no longer speak because horses do not speak. A black hood was placed over his head 
and then a bridle was placed around it. A bit was placed in his mouth and reins attached. He doesn't need to see, and it will help him get trained quicker. He will only need to trust in the guidance of whomever he is assigned to work with for the day. Maybe someday the hood will be removed, but not until he is fully trained. And that he's proven himself, and certainly not while he is working. Some never get it removed. He no longer has any need of his cock, so he'll be locked away permanently. <laughs> it helps horses concentrate on work rather than their needs. We watched in horror as his cock was locked in a cruel-looking metal device. He will work 16 hours a day, seven days a week, pulling carts. Once a slave has been placed in the custody of the city as an animal worker, he or she is never released. This position is permanent. This means he will never use his arms again, he will never speak again, and he will never use his cock again for anything except for urination. He was taken away and whipped as he struggled in panic, trying to desperately stop what was happening to him. Would anyone else like to join him? The room was completely silent except for some crying. My bondage felt even tighter. What the hell had I gotten myself into? As the rest of the men were put into place, I tried not to start crying. The situation was surreal at this point. The, the lines of naked slaves all locked there. Exactly the same, however. When the buyers walked in, it, it hit a new level. They came in all ages and sizes, men and women who were slave owners on this island. I'd been promised that the rule stated that heterosexual men couldn't be purchased by men. But now I realized that all bets were probably off. I was completely aware that I had been conned and brought here under false pretenses. I was going to have to disregard everything they told me. The first owner who walked up to me was, in fact, a man. A middle-aged man who had an arrogant look on his face. He was not good-looking by anyone's estimation. I cringed as he touched my cock. So small, he said. I tried not to be sick as he started to examine my ass, his finger rubbing on my hole. A virgin, though. Have you ever sucked a cock? No, I said. I was talking for the first time since I arrived. He walked in front of me and slapped my cock. No, sir, he instructed. It hurt like hell, and I winced as I responded quickly. No, sir. That's better. Now, if you were my boy, you would get whipped for that. Thankfully, he moved on. The next owner who came up to me was a chubby young woman. Not bad looking for a little overweight. And when I realized what she had held in her hand, I was shocked to the core. She held dog leashes, which led down to two men on all fours. They looked like they had dog legs, except for the top of the legs were too big. Their arms and legs had been bent and secured against each other, and their elbows and knees rested on the top half of the very realistic-looking dog leg and paw. Their legs and arms and lower prosthetic dog legs were seamless, like they were, in fact, dog legs. There was no way to tell that human arms and legs were, in fact, inside, other than the much larger than usual upper half of the dog leg and the fact that their hips were larger than usual to hide the feet that were contained inside. 
They both had tails that looked like they had been surgically infused to their tailbones. Their faces had some sort of mass that gave them snouts and floppy dog ears. The mass was part of a hood that looked very tight and ended at the bottom of their necks. But at each side, they had leather straps attached that were somehow attached to their shoulders. And that's where the dog legs started. It was so weird. The mass might have well been surgically infused, too, because there was no way they were coming off, even without considerable help. The rest of the bodies were completely naked, their penis and balls hanging down, and their asses completely in view. Their tails popped up and out like a dog's, and it didn't even cover their asses hardly. The eyes of both men looked sad and scared. "'Well, look at you! Aren't you a handsome boy?' I was horrified that she was talking to me. I had no desire to be a freaking dog to this crazy bitch. She looked down at my cock. What a cute little penis. <laughs> I'm sure you were teased horribly for it, but I think it's adorable. She smiled sweetly at me and rubbed her hand through my hair and scratched behind my ears. You know, you know what I think? I think you would make an adorable puppy your cute little penis hanging down and bouncing while we went for walks. She let that sink in and fought back the irresistible shaking that had begun to rack my body. It was pure fucking fear. Are you scared, sweetie? Don't worry. I'm very loving. I take my puppies for walks all the time. I know how social dogs are. I'm sure all the other women in my neighborhood would think you're cute with that cute little butt and that cute little penis. You're so adorable. <laughs> she giggled. I'm just dog sitting, but I'm saving up so that one day I can have a puppy of my own. These good boys are my mom's and she told me to buy another puppy to train and sell. Maybe that'll be you and I can train you. And then buy you for my mother. Would you like that, sweetie? I hoped her question was rhetorical because I had no idea how to answer. I mean, it, it sounded like a fucking living hell and degrading beyond words. But I didn't want to upset her. Thankfully, she didn't wait for an answer. Some boys and girls are harder to train than others. They have a hard time adjusting to their new life. Take Rex here. He was a little stinker at first, but with a lot of patience, he learned. Sit, Rex, she commanded. The man sat immediately like dog with his front paws still up and his butt on the ground. Good boy, she said. She then had him shake and then awkwardly roll over. I could only see his eyes, but I could see whose humiliation in them. Submit she commanded, and he immediately rolled onto his back with his paws in the air and his back legs wide open. Good boy, Rex, she said happily and rubbed his belly. Do you want to be my good boy? <laughs> she rubbed my belly. Yes, I think I'm going to bid on you. Your little penis is just too cute, and it'd be so much fun to see your little round butt prancing around and training. <laughs> In my head, I screamed no, but I said nothing. A tear came down my cheek and she brushed it away. It's okay, sweetie. 
It'll be really tough at first realizing what you've become and what you'll be for the rest of your life. But all of the puppies I train grow to accept and it and eventually becomes second nature, like a good boy and a good girl. She strolled away and I felt so trapped and helpless. I desperately waited for more women to appraise me. There had been someone surely to outbid the dog lady because I simply couldn't live that way. There were plenty more women and for the next hour I was I was poked and prodded by dozens. Right near the end, though, came this woman who was more memorable than all the others. She looked like she was a mixture of Hispanic, Caucasian, and Asian descent. I gave her flawless skin, a healthy tan. I, she was perfect. White teeth, jet black hair that, that just, wow. She put it high in a ponytail. Her breasts were large and firm, and her cleavage looked flawless in that low-cut white dress. Her ass looked perfect as well, a perfectly round bubble butt that popped out from her little waist. She looked to be around 27 years old and had the haughty, arrogant look of a rich daddy's girl who always got what she wanted. She looked up at me, looked up and down, and and when she grabbed my cock, it came to life again. She laughed and let go. She grabbed my ass and spanked it a couple of times. She came back in front of me and looked at me for a good minute. It was disconcerting. There was something about her that struck fear in me. Finally, she turned and left, not even saying a word. The auction ended, and once more, we were alone with the handlers. It was completely silent. You'll be happy to know that most of you received bids. Within the next hour, you'll be delivered to the highest bidders and begin your new life. Those of you who didn't receive a bid will be given to the city as work slaves or sold at the next auction. Whatever we decide once we have evaluated your worth, a group of slave girls came in the room and began attaching tags to the ring in the front of all the collars. A tag was clipped onto mine. I was so nervous that I thought I would pee myself at any moment. I didn't want to be helpless. I didn't want to be some pathetic dog. I, I would rather be purchased by a man than that. Even the last woman who seemed arrogant and cruel was a great choice compared to many of the others who examined me. I mean, they took us one by one to this big open room that was adjacent to the auction stage. The room had numbers on the walls and metal rings under the numbers. I was taken to 21 and attached the middle ring by short leash. I was the property of 21, whoever that was. The other smaller man, who had been transported in the boat with me, was brought into the room. He was placed under 19. I wondered if I looked as scared as he did. The walls filled up quickly, and in less than 30 minutes, all the slaves were in place and ready to be picked up. My heart pounded so hard that I, I was sure it was inaudible at the door's opened and the owners began to walk in. The dog girl was one of the first. She still had her two dogs with her, trotting pathetically behind her, completely helpless to stop what was being done to them. Halfway across the room, she got a big smile and looked right at me and began to beeline towards me. I immediately peed on the floor. 
This can't be happening, I screamed inside of me. Please, please. I frantically tested my bonds again, and they were quite secure. When she reached me, she looked down and said, Did you have an accident, puppy? (laughs) Sadly, I won't be able to potty train you, sweetie, because I was outbid. I did really high, too. The relief that washed through me was indescribable. I mean, it was like I was given a new life. Did my new slave become a puppy? (laughs) Said a voice behind the dog girl. The dog girl turned and laughed. Mariana, you bitch. So you were the one? It was a haughty, arrogant girl from the end of the auction. She was bitter 21. He's exactly what I was looking for. Oh, yeah? Well, I'll be perfect for you. (laughs) But he would be perfect for me, too. Hmm. I'll tell you what. If he doesn't work out... I'll sell him to you for the same price I paid for him. That's a deal, said the dog girl. Oh, you may still get to be my little special puppy someday, you little boy. Miss Rodriguez, she has very high expectations, so maybe. (laughs) I was terrified of what Miss Marianne Rodriguez had in store for me, and just as terrified that I hadn't shaken the dog girl. She turned and walked to number 19. When the man realized she was coming for him, he screamed, No, please, no! I didn't ask for this! I didn't want this! He was terrified and frantically tried to free himself. I felt empathy for him, but mostly I was glad it wasn't me. Miss Rodriguez walked closer to me and smiled. We're going to have so much fun together. Actually, I'm going to have so much fun. (laughs) It's probably not going to be nearly as much fun for you. I hadn't noticed at first, but she had a Tupperware container in one hand and a bag in the other. She peeled off the lid, and I saw it was full of ice water. I'd started to get hard in spite of myself, but that wouldn't last for long. Do not move an inch, she ordered, and I knew that she was not one to disobey. Her promise to dog girl took care of that. I inhaled sharply as she immersed my cock and balls into ice water. She held them there for what seemed like an eternity, smiling at my discomfort. When it seemed like my cock was about to get frostbite, she stopped. I looked down and saw that my cock had shrunk to the smallest state it had ever been. Without a missing beat, she opened a bag and quickly snapped and locked a chastity device over my cock. It was like plexiglass, and it was held by a ring that went under my balls. It locked my cock straight down in an extremely small space. I looked in horror at my tiny penis, way smaller than I really was, and when I warmed up, this cage would become extremely fucking tight. It's too small, I whispered. She laughed. You'll get used to it. You'll have to because it's not coming off. Never. That's right. I have no use for a cock that small and it's... (laughs) 
It's cute that way. Besides, having it locked away will help you concentrate on serving me and not on your pathetic needs. She couldn't be serious, I thought to myself. She must be messing with me, but deep in my heart, I knew she was serious, deadly, fucking serious. I felt like I was going to pass out. She locked her leash on me, draped it over her shoulder, and began to walk, pulling me along behind her. Her ass swayed side to side and bounced slightly. I was being paraded behind her naked, and I had no way to shield myself with my wrist still behind my back. My cock was trapped in a tiny state in the cage, and I was forced to endure the embarrassment. My worst nightmare came to life, but it was even worse than I had ever imagined. That concludes part one today. Thank you for listening. And again, may all your fantasies become realities. I'll see you next week.